0: Welcome back to the podcast, the channel, however you're listening or watching, it could be on YouTube as well. I want to welcome this guest as one of the OGs of the League of Injures family. is one of the first we got on uh, a number of years ago and it was really popular back then and no doubt again this one will be red hot. Uh, it's one he's got Arguably the best mind in the game, I personally think. Um, Always speaks his mind. Not afraid to say it how it is. This is what what I love um, when I get the chance and the honour and privilege of interviewing Andy. Andy Raymond, welcome. Um, Quick shout out to the Unfiltered podcast as well, uh, the podcast that you run. Just a quick, um, let everyone know what you're up to at the moment. um, In case they've been living under a rock and haven't seen you around either the podcast or the calling game. uh, Let them know where they can hear you.
1: Yeah, uh, got the podcast Andy Raymond unfiltered during the season. We've got four episodes a week. Uh, one of them is dream team. So I'm inviting players past and present on to give us their dream team. And it might be the best ever. It might be um, the best they didn't play with or did play with or played against or wish they'd played or the ugliest. I think uh, Reuben Garrick gave me a dream team of guys that have never played league before that he'd like to see in a rugby league team, and his halves were Manus Labashane and Tom Brady. He said, I just think they'd have it in the halves. I thought, oh, well, you know, shit, I've never, never thought I'd say that in my life, but they were the halves. Um, we did the Rugby League Superpod on a Thursday, and that's just a collection of short interviews that we've done—twelve uh, interviews in the podcast. Really upbeat and energetic, um, and, and a whole lot of fun, to be honest. And it's uh, it's a bit looser. And then uh, the one that I'm probably enjoying more than anything else is what we call the Legend Series. It's run over two parts every week, and uh, and it's talking to players from the past. We're talking about their career, but we're talking about the person and some of the stories to come out of it are just absolutely next level. And our one this week, uh, Joel Thompson, um, who is a terrific mate and has been for a lot of years now, Um, he has spoken like never before and he's always open, he's always honest Uh, The discussions and the conversations on on this podcast interview are far beyond rugby league, far beyond sport. It's probably the interview of the year, I would reckon. And, uh, you know, just human interest stories. You know, everyone's got a story and you don't have to be a a huge name to have a huge story. And um, Joel does have the name, but his story, as as Big as bold as confronting as i think i've ever i've ever told so um that's what i'm up to a little bit of calling with uh triple m every week and um still watching eight games of footy claiming it's work <laughs>
0: oh don't we all it's fantastic and then mrs falls for it every time but yeah. we'll get on the down low at the moment so okay. uh look that's saying a lot um, for you as well, especially those stories, because the, it's all the podcasts I listen to. There's phenomenal stories out there. So, guys, if you haven't yet, Please go search you where you can find your podcast, um, Unfiltered Podcast. There is some phenomenal stories. Um, I don't know the tricks. I think it's the respect that so many people have for Andy, but he can get some of the best yarns out of these guys. Mm. It's it's crazy. So um, definitely recommend going to uh, listen to that. But but here I want before we start, I just want to ask how you're doing because if people may not know this, but there could be um, a grade three injury on the cards.
1: Yeah, I I actually think it's a grade one injury with a grade five carry-on. As I was telling you just before we started, um, tore my hamstring for the first time ever. Tore tore my hamstring Friday, Arvo, uh, assisting the old dog who can't get up the stairs anymore. And he's he's a big thing. And it was probably the 10th or or 14th time for the day that I've helped him up the stairs. Felt the hammy go. And... um, they say put ice on it straight away. Um, didn't have ice. Went to look for something cold. I thought I'll, I'll just put a bottle on it, you know, a bottle of beer. <laughs> I don't have bottles of beer. They're, uh. they're all empty. Um, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, physio carry on and, uh, and and more physio and more carry on. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's me at the moment. I'm sitting here. I've got ice on it at the moment.
0: Quick shout out to the NRL 50. I think we might have to send him a message and get this out there and a bit of a post going and make sure uh, everyone knows that the, the week's off you may or may not need move, uh, moving forward. But let's get stuck into it. We've got the run home, obviously, the NRL. State of Origin is uh, one and done by the Queenslanders and a very important uh, little part here of the season. We always see teams either recover nicely from Origin or we can see Origin really impact teams moving forward. Teams that are running red hot can also all of a sudden just hit a wall and go backwards quickly and others um can just shoot forward and reap the the benefits of an origin victory so i want to start probably from the bottom up and i think we can probably group the first three uh bottom three teams together in the tigers okay. dragons and the dogs um i want to put these three together in terms of the wooden spoon battle um, i think it's fair to say respectfully that all three teams have been just shit house <laughs> in a way. And that's yeah. from on the field and in back of house as well. It's just been stories after stories. There's sort of, we get fed the lines all the time that they're doing better and that they're going, but it just doesn't look like it is. If we're brutally honest about it, where are you at with these three and who can you see winning that dreaded wooden spoon?
1: I've got a multi bet on uh, from the start of the year with five sides to make the top eight, uh, and all of them are in the eight at the moment and the Dragons to have least wins. So, uh, and the reason for that is is not boasting. I'm just saying I thought the Dragons were always going to struggle and they are. I think if Ben Hunt cops a lot of shit, he really does. Um, and I get that with big dollars comes pressure, right? And 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 I get that, and you've got to have pressure to perform. But people claiming and blowing up at Ben Hunt, oh, he's on one point one million, blah blah blah. Well, don't have the issue with Ben Hunt. Have the issue with you know the bloke that signed the cheque. Yeah. Ben Hunt's just a battler going out there, and and you know you got two clubs with a cheque in your, in a, in a hand. Well, you take the biggest one, like like all of us do. He took the biggest one. Someone has signed him on on massive overs. Um, and that's all ending in tears. But without Ben Hunt, I reckon the Dragons are probably they're probably wooden spooners two or three more times over the last couple of years. Um, what a game f- Thursday! Dragons and the Tigers, um, most important game of the year for the Dragons, most important game for the Tigers, and Everyone's gonna be watching. It's gonna be like the car crash. No one's gonna to want to watch it, but everyone is gonna watch it and everyone's gonna listen. Um, and, and I think it'll be engaging. It might not be overly pretty, but you know, you group them with the bulldogs, all disappointing, all really, really disappointing. And you made a really good point, Legend. You said um, it's not just on the field, it's back of house. And if you ever need any more proof that winning starts in the front office, look at the table as it stands yeah. at the moment. And, and respectfully, the Dogs, the Dragons, the Tigers have been car crashes all yeah. season Um, in terms of a business, in terms of what gets out to the media, what gets out to the fans, and they're running 15th, 16th, 17th. So uh, disappointing, I... I hate doing uh, and, and predicting wooden spoons and 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 failures, but um, what a what a terrible season for all three clubs, really.
0: Yeah, no, it's hard to disagree with anything you said there. And I think it sort of sums up, I feel like when you look at points differentials for teams, you can get a, a good gauge on where th- teams are at. And for these ones, you've got the dogs on minus 236, the worst of the comp. Dragons minus 137 and the Tigers minus 195. That's that's crazy when you consider there's a lot of teams there around sort of the minus sort of 30 area, minus 40 areas. And then the, the like, you know that there's only probably a few teams uh, this year getting slaughtered. Um, and at the moment, it's those three. And it's just the way they're losing, I feel like a lot of the time, it's just like they're just... As soon as they get one try against them, it's like they almost, in a way, give up. It's just the heads are straight down. There is no backbone at all in the organisations. And it's tough, like, as you said, with the Ben Hunt stuff, and I've talked about this on my podcast in the past, it's hard to to blame him because if without him, I feel like they've got under half of the wins that they've had with Ben Hunt there at the club.
1: 100%. I think it was Brian Smith, the old Parramatta coach, once told me they were going through a rough spot. And their for and against was okay compared to others around them on the ladder. And he said, um, you can often tell what type of character a side is by their for and against. A struggling side with a shocking for and against means the players effectively aren't putting in for 80 minutes. But a fair for and against, like a decent one, um, you know, you look at the Titans, they're only four points ahead of the Bulldogs, but they've got a 202-point better for and against. To me, it says Titans are playing better footy, but they're actually competing more. They're in the game for longer, um, and they've they've got a bit more character. So, yeah, pretty average for the Dogs, the Dragons, and the Tigers.
0: Yeah, the team just above them, uh, 20 competition points, have had their three buys, minus 106 for their points of range. It's, It's just... When I before I mentioned this team, it's crazy to think this is where they are. Um, I personally had them to win the comp this year. Yeah. I thought their roster was phenomenal, and it's been anything but. Uh, it's the Sydney Roosters, obviously sitting there at 14th. Um, obviously, a, a lot of. Injuries have played a part in yeah. this. have had like Angus Crichton has missed a lot of footy this year, both the start and now. Same with uh, Tupinua as well, Satili Um, yep. just to name a few. Walker, we known was dropped, um, but then has sort of was made the scapegoat as well. And yeah. if anything, they went further downhill since he left. If anything, he was helping him stay afloat at that time. Um, but it's just been the, the roosters. What are your thoughts on the roosters? Because it's, it's actually shocking to see where they are
1: terrible. And no one saw it coming. And that really, that really doesn't happen much at all in rugby league, but it happened to them a decade ago. And they went flat straight away and changed things up and came good straight away and came good under Trent Robinson. But you got the Roosters on 20 points. You got the Dolphins on 20 points. You got the Titans on 20 then the Eagles and the Knights all on twenty-one, so there's one point or, or a draw separating those five sides. And on paper, the Roosters one through thirty have no doubt got the best roster of those five sides. Injury suspension has hurt both of uh, you know has, has both hurt the Roosters. I didn't see it coming. Uh, I don't. I don't think anyone did. Uh, and it makes me think just how big their off-season reshuffle is going to be, because when the roosters decide to go headhunting for players, it reverberates throughout the game. When, when a, a five hundred thousand dollar player at the end of a season changes clubs, it ignites a domino effect among five hundred thousand dollar players or lower you know, over five or six clubs. When the Roosters go headhunting, they're one of the very few clubs that just they go marquee signings yeah. When they, and they're going to do it, I've got no doubt. So they, they're going to go in at, at 800, say, or 750. Yeah. All of a sudden, the player depth around the NRL is, is going to be challenged because every player of similar-ish worth and under could be affected. So the dominoes will start falling but. You know, that's, that's off-season. That's not going to help the Roosters at all. I think they're gone. Uh, I think the Dolphins are gone. I think yesterday's loss for the Titans, I think that means they're gone. The Seagulls and the Knights would have to do something very, very special um, because they're three points behind the Cowboys on 24 and, and they're in ninth. But Roosters, mate, you know, I can sum it up exactly by what you said in your intro, just didn't see it coming. No.
0: Just quickly on the roost, and it happened over the weekend, I just want to get your thoughts on this one. The great James Sadesco has been a quality player for a number of years now. We all know the dip in form he has suffered this year. Um, I think it's got to do with club form as well. Uh, The players around him just aren't aiming up, and and we've seen that. But we've seen him rested over the weekend for what I thought at the time was a must-win game for them to have any hope of making the finals. I'm not going to judge Trent Robinson's uh, judgment or, you know, it's a lot better than myself, but it just seemed like a really strange moment of the season to rest a player where if anything, this is the the time where you need these players to step up. What what were your thoughts on that one?
1: Yeah. um, Fully agree with you, Ledge fully agree with you. Um, It's, it's very technical now when you go inside a rugby league club and the sports scientists, the trainers, and, and the stats guys, they would have a list drawn up at the start of the year on when they're playing, um, their workloads, their days off. And then they've got to factor into that origin. So I've got no doubt that the James Tedesco being rested last weekend was a decision that was initially brought up by the sports science guys within the Roosters and probably six to eight weeks ago. Now the, the coach has the final say because he's got to wear the criticism. So he should have the final say the plan would have been to rest James Tedesco weary origin series. And it's on this date, but someone didn't look at the date and then look at the opposition and figure out where they were. Um, I can't for the life of me believe he, he didn't play. I I, I really can't. Um, yeah, big screw-up. Big screw-up for me.
0: Yeah, it's, it is. It's 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 massive. You've done my job for me for the next two. They're both on 20 points. And the Dolphins still have one bye to have, so they do have that extra yeah. two-point little buffer there. For the Dolphins first, it, it's just been a phenomenal year. Um, I don't mind if they do not carry on with the rest of the season I think they've done enough to warrant it's been a success I don't think anyone thought they'd be where they were and the start that they were so credit to Wayne Bennett and the team for aiming up the way they have I think in a way the depth has started to show a little bit um yeah. missing for mine Tom Gilbert who's out for this been out for the season now for some time was a massive loss he would look like the heart and soul of not just the pack but the club as a in a way he was just sort of that that figure that became that. Um, the dolphins for, for yourself um, it, it's a pass mark but i don't think they're going to be making the eight
1: yeah no not making the eight but but a pass mark uh definitely a, a pass mark depth was always going to be an issue um and when depth becomes an issue uh the longer into the season it gets when when they're tired and when they're blooding young guys that makes it even even harder on on, on the debutants um but a but a pass mark they they're ahead of the roosters. <laughs> yeah. Big pass, Mark. The the Tigers are dragons and the Bulldogs would love to be where the dolphins are. So well well yeah. done to the Redcliffe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and to be honest, for, for a Dolphins fan, you have a lot to look forward to. They've got some phenomenal yeah. signings coming in next year and the, how aggressive they've been in the market, and I think they've still got some room in the cap next yeah, year. They're going to keep being um, aggressive as well, so yeah. lots to look forward to. Their backline could be one of the best um, in, in the comp next year. It looks yeah. phenomenal. It's, it, it's nuts. Just one yeah. last question for the Dolphins. I know late last two weeks, Wayne Bennett, again, much better footy mind than anyone I think in the game but he's moved the hammer and I, I know the hammer's had a phenomenal start to the year at fullback and was arguably the the form player of the comfort for quite some time in that period where's your views on moving players like that we've seen the rooster on the weekend with Bradley to the edge where he's just he's yep. been a, a lock for his whole career basically yeah. where, where are you at with the hammer because I know origin's a different beast I think yeah. you can do that to a certain extent but I, I, again I was scratching my head when I saw that because Hammond's has just been so good at fullback for the Dolphins.
1: There's age-old debate that's been going on as long as I can remember when you know you're, you're putting your team together. Option one is do you mesh together what you think evens out as your best 13? Or are you happy to strengthen one position by weakening another position? And I feel that's what what the Dolphins have done. They've, they've strengthened the centres because that's where they've got an issue, but they've they've weakened fullback. To see Cody at fullback, um, Valance on the wing, and Hamaso in the centres yesterday, I thought was was bizarre. I mm. I re- I really did. Um, you know, again, it it comes down to depth, and 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 Wayne and and Christian obviously feel that there's a, a bit of an issue at, at centre. They're hesitant to put Cody in there, but they think Cody's a top 13 player at the moment, so they've they've shuffled it around. Um, I would have, you know, I would have thought the option was there to have Valance at at centre and and just put Hamaso back on the wing if that was the way you wanted yeah. to go. But poor Valance on the wing. Um, it's just put, putting a, a round peg in in you know, a round block into a square peg. It, it it just didn't work for the big fella. Um, so yeah, that age old debate, but I'll I'll run with Wayne and Christian, their theory, they they know more than I do.
0: Yeah, definitely do. Uh the Titans, just for an interesting point again, they're on the 20 points, uh, they're 12s. They've missed both for mine. Um, he was really good last year, and I think they've missed him on the edge. Um, he's been out for the year with his ACL, but In a way, they're so close yet so far as well. It's been one of those seasons for them where a couple of crucial calls haven't gone their way, but at the same time, they've had key moments in games where they've just let opposition back in the contest and lost probably three or four games where they should have easily had it in the bag come by halftime and things like that. So it's been one of those years for the Titans. I don't see them making the eight, um, but they've got some building blocks there for next year, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, certainly do. Uh, They've got a three and seven... Away record. There's four games they will look back on and just they'll have nightmares about because the three of the four games, how they lost it and, and why they lost it is just unbelievable. You give them those three games and they're sitting on the edge of the top four. I mean, they are so close, as you said, but so far, um, Minus 34 is the for and against, so they're competing. They're competing despite the fact they've leaked far too many second-half points. That for and against could easily be, uh, you know, flipped around into plus 34 yeah. so easily with with, uh, with with those games that they lost most notably against the Dolphins. Um, so close so far. Going to be interesting to see what happens with with Des Hasler next year because there, there's something there at the Titans. I think we all concede that Des does things his own way and changes everything. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Titans: who stays and who's goes.
0: Yeah, as you said, it's an interesting matchup when you do look at it um, the way Des coaches and the way. We all feel like the Titans play their best football. It seems like it's total opposites in yeah, a way. So um, it'll be interesting. I think, definitely think the Titans need a bit more of that backbone that Des will bring. But yep. can he also let them play a bit more footy? That's that's mm. the, the big question there for next year. Um, Manly Knights, they're 11 and 10, same points, 21. Um, both had their three buys. I think they're both – I don't see them making the eight. I think they've um, lost too many games. Ponga has – been in a rich vein of form lately. Um, It's been really good to see him actually come back and uh, have the put those HIA troubles away for now. I know there was early calls at the start of the year people were saying he needs to look at retirement and things like that, but he's come back with a bang and and it's really good. Manly, um, that late season wobbles from last year, it might start to... To be looking that way. And we all yeah. know Seaball would have a lot of pressure on him. Um, with his time at the Broncos, it wasn't very successful. Yep. There, a couple more losses in a row here, and we could start to see the media really turn on him quickly. Yep.
1: Yeah, you, we, we could just going back to the Knights and and Kalen. Uh far more important than rugby league is is obviously young man's health. And uh and and I don't know him that well, so I'm not buddy buddy with him, but Terrific to see him back uh, and terrific to see him healthy. The first couple of games after he came back, I think everyone was holding their breath, uh, watching, just praying he didn't cop one of those knocks because the knocks he he was copping, they were jolts. They weren't so much, you know, head butts or head collisions. So, you know, there were dramas there. Of course, he went over to Canada, rah, rah, rah. Uh, But great to see... uh, Caelum and back and, and, and back and healthy. On Manly, a bit similar to, to, to the Dragons, where would Manly be without DCE? A, an, oh. Another guy that's polarising and, for whatever reason, people want to kick the crap out of him all the time about everything. But D, Manly without DCE, again, another battling year. I mean, they've, they've only won seven games, um, one draw, nine losses. They may have won half that without DCE. I, I think I think he's still at the top of his game.
0: It could be controversial because he has had so much success in the past, but I would go as far as saying this is his um, most successful year uh, in, as in a personal way, DCE. Yep. The form he's been in has just been phenomenal and it's both been at, at this level and it's also been at origin level because for mine, I think Munster had a very quiet origin series, which is very un-Munster-like, but Cherry Evans has stood up where we've seen in the past – and my probably biggest criticism of GC can go a bit missing at that level. Um, but I thought he just stood up and I couldn't give nothing but credit for, for D- Daily Cherry Evans's year um, and at the origin level. Uh, look, now we're getting into the, the heavy hitters and the first yeah. one's the Cowboys. Uh, so I'll do this a little bit different. So the 24 points, it's ninth position. They've had only the two buys. They're plus 49. So um, oh, apart from the Knights, they've got the plus as well. First team we're seeing in the yeah. positives. Um look, I want to quickly go through the draw ahead as well for them. So they've got the Eels this weekend at home, then they've got the Titans away, they've got the Broncos at home, they've got the Sharks at home, the Dolphins away, and the Penrith Panthers away. So that's a a big, big run home. Um, but the form they're in, you have to say they're a chance in all of them at the moment. They're they're probably the form team of the competition. Their big guns are really standing up when it matters most. There is a question, have they started their run too early? Um, Can Mm. they keep this up for so long? There's still seven or so weeks to go plus finals campaign. Mm. Can they keep it going? But they've got quality players all over the park, and this is the Cowboys we all predicted from the start of the year we would see.
1: And they're still just easing Jason Tamalolo back into it, coming off the bench. What a luxury that is at the moment. Uh, they got some players playing with a bit of confidence on the back end of successful State of Origin, so they're Queensland contingent. Um, you know, they come back, they're buoyed, they're excited, they're, they're happy, they're positive, and that has leaked from Marone into, into, into Cowboy. What a game on Saturday night, uh, Cowboys versus Eels. So ninth versus seventh, both on 24 points. Both played 18 games. Um, basically, uh, a spot in the in the all important top eight is uh, is the reward for the winner here. I mean, huge game and the Eels, more than likely without Mike sevo and Regan Campbell Gillard, have they started? It's a funny one. Have they started that the run too early? Um, there's the theory, the more wins you have, the closer you are to a loss. Every coach I've ever asked that question to, and I gave up asking that question years ago because the coaches have <laughs> looked at me and go, you dickhead. Yeah. Um, just take take the win and, and, and move on. And they've got uh, one of the better draws, you know, probably look, looking in, um, yeah. already looking forward to, Cowboys Broncos round twenty three, and it's up there. Won't that be, won't that be something? Because if we got our calculators out, there's every chance that uh, there's a, a really big prize for the winner of this one, uh, whether it's a, a top four spot or a just a good old kick in the guts.
0: Yeah, as you mentioned, there is some cracker cracking games ahead, and this is the reason I'm touching on the draws now for each team as we, we move up the, the ladder because it's so important and there's some really hard draws to come for a lot of these teams, so it's going to be really interesting. Uh, eighth is – South. Um, oh, so the Cowboys, just quickly, do you think they're going to make the eight? Yeah, I it's, do. It's pretty much a nine-horse race, I feel like, and there's one team yep. that's going to miss out.
1: Yeah, nine-horse nine race. One of them misses out, uh, and I don't think it'll be the Cowboys. No.
0: Me either. Um, South Sydney, they are coming uh, 8 twenty four points. There's so still one more bye to go, plus ninety two. So they're, they're really doing some good things on the field, yeah. even though they've been in in some rough form over the last probably six weeks. That's fair mm-hmm. to say. They've really missed Latrell Mitchell. Um, I yeah. think they welcome. They pretty much go back to full strength as of this weekend, um, if all the, the rumours are correct with who they get back. So they'll yep. get Latrell, Jai Campbell Graham and Jacob Host back. So that'll be a full strength Sassini, which is dangerous for the comp. I personally yep. see him going on a run from here. I can see him going yep. all the way up to almost second on the ladder, really. Um, I did a yep. ladder prediction. So um, their quick run home, they got the Broncos this weekend and a cracking clash at Sunshine Coast Stadium. So yep. no ho- real home ground at all for anyone. The West Tigers away at Scully Park, Temworth. So, again, no real home ground advantage. Then they've got the Sharks at Optus Purse. I don't know how they've got this draw, but they're they're all over the shop. Then they go to Barlow Park in Cairns against the Dragons. So that's a horrible month ahead, but the frequent fly points will be up. The Knights away and the Roosters at home, which the way the Roosters are playing, they'll probably spank them and give them a 50-point schlacking. But thoughts on
1: South. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, sort of surprising looking at the draw and see, uh, looking at the ladder and seeing them in eighth. Um, and I noticed that at the, the end of last week and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's right. They lost two of their last three or, yeah, two of the last three or three of the last four it was leading leading into the bye Huge game against the Broncos this weekend, isn't it? You know, when you yeah. put it in the context, they're, they're in eighth. Um, the Broncos, depending on who they get back, um, but the Rabbitos, if they lose on Friday night, yeah, it's a Friday game, if they lose Friday night, you know, then they start potentially getting the wobbles, Um Should they lose? It's interesting because if the Broncos lose this one, people are going to be saying they're they're going to start to get the wobbles because of what happened last year. Um, Cracking game. I'm expecting the Rabbitohs to be there. I'm expecting them to go on a run. Uh, What a next month it is. Sunshine Coast, Tamworth, (laughs) Perth and Cairns. Uh, Who on earth did that? I reckon the same people that have done that were the ones that – decided not to give Newcastle a home game on uh Mark Hughes Beanie for brain cancer weekend. Oh, Who yeah. is the genius there? Seriously.
0: Some people deserve some rockets sometimes and I feel like they're less and less in, and we need to pick that up. Seventh place. I south oh, sorry we both said that they're looking like they'll make the eight and they're looking like they'll make a run. So uh, I have a sneaky little bet, if you're talking bets, Them to make the top four, you can still get some decent odds for them on yes. that, so I've looked at that, so hopefully a nice little double up there. Um, Parramatta, seventh, 24 points, one buy to go, uh, mm. plus 97 for and against. Now, spoiler alert, two massive para fans, but I can know one thing, we're both pretty fair when it comes to talking about the Eels, okay. which... I feel like it's why we're both sort of coming at this going, oh, okay, because yeah. let's talk about the draw quickly. So Cowboys obviously this weekend away, the Storm away, the Dragons at home, yeah. the Broncos away, mm. the Roosters, which are generally a pretty a, a bogey sort of team for the Eels, yeah. no matter how they're going. It's a, at home at least. Penrith Panthers are away and then the uh buy as well. Um, I forgot to mention that for South as well, but, yeah, buy thrown in for the Eels at the last round as well. So that mm. is a very – we talked about tough draws. That is a tough draw. I have a feeling, and I, I sort of wrote this down as a, a talking point, I feel like the tough start that the Eels had yeah. in a few of those games they could should have and could have easily won at the start of the year, let slip, might yeah. come back and bite them. Again, I've done my ladder predictor, and I made sure I didn't look at the ladder as I did this. Unfortunately, I had the Eagles making that ninth spot. I think there's just some really tough games to come. I hope I'm wrong. I know Dill Brown will be back. That's a really good uh, player to bring back, but he will be out for some time. So see yep. how quickly he can get back. Because I look at him and I know the start of the year, he was very quiet. So I just hope yeah. he hits the ground running and doesn't have that little period where he normally has. Yep. And the other worry for mine moving forward is the hooker depth now that Hodgson's out for the year. So. Yep. Brennan Hans has done a great job, don't get me wrong, but we're relying solely on a, on a rookie, so to speak, to now do the job and get these big games won for us where if he goes down, we're almost screwed in a way because I've seen Hopgood go there. And yep. Hopgood's phenomenal this year, but he's just not a hooker. We, no. we've, we've, so,
1: Eel's thoughts? Uh, I've got him at ninth. Uh, and I, I, the killer blow is Regan Campbell-Gillard and Micah Um Micah, at least for a fortnight, I think it is, and, and is Regan three or four weeks? I, yeah, I, I've seen
0: four, but I've heard they're going to fight it, so who knows what is going to happen hmm. there, but I don't know. It was just dumb. It was just a dumb thing. I don't know what's going it,
1: on. It's, it's interesting, um, without giving too much away, uh, there is a pattern with Regan that I think Parramatta might fight the grading on and, uh, and if they can downgrade by one level, I believe it is two games less that he would have to serve. So the, if the grading comes down one level, two games less because of previous loading and, and whatever equation they use. Um, it's going to be tough for the Eels on the field without those two guys, even tougher without Dylan Brown, who uh, has let down a lot of people this year. Really tough. It, yeah, it really tough start to the year, really tough end to the year. And I, I think it probably takes its toll. So uh, we might be looking, legend, at, um, at having to adopt a team for the last month for September.
0: And the team, um, well, they're not up yet, but I'll probably jump on the Warriors the way they've been playing. But the Sharkies are six, twenty-six points. They've all had, they've had their buyers now, uh, plus yep. one hundred and two points differential. But for some, for, in a way, I feel like that's misleading for this team because, yep. let me start this off by saying I think they're flat track bullies and that's saying that respectfully. They have only beaten one top eight team this year, and that was the Eels when they mm-hmm. weren't even in the top eight at the time. That that yep. was in their run at the start of the year where the Eels uh-huh. just weren't, weren't there, didn't turn up yet. So they yep. run home. They've got this weekend, which is just a must win, even though Manly aren't playing great, but they need to win that at home. Then they've got the Penrith Panthers away, the Bunnies away, well, we've seen talked about that being at Perth, Titans at home, Cowboys away, Knights away, and then the Raiders at home as well. So it's it's tough to again we keep saying it's it
1: it's for again if look if the sharks bump into the titans or the knights on a on a good day and the titans and the knights upset them they're going to be potentially they could be the side that doesn't make the eight even though they're sitting on 26 competition points at the moment um they could really easily be the side that, that misses out. I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I For the life of me, I can't figure out what is going on from week to week. And I, I think that would be the crushing thing for Craig Fitzgibbon, who's a very sensible, very structured bloke. Their best is there. Their worst is there. There's just, there's nothing in the middle.
0: Yeah, it's head scratching because we all know how good of a head coach, uh, uh, um defensive coach, Fitzgibbon is. Yep. So it's very unfit. Given like the one of the good things for the Sharks for the run home, they do welcome back Finucane, Hamlin, Ueli, and Royce Hunt all back yep. this week. So they get some of that forward stock, which is we all know that's what they base their game on is that yep. forward momentum. So they just got to they've just got to get a scalp. I know the Mets mainly aren't in the top eight, but if they can beat them on the weekend yep. and do it pretty comfortably. I think that sends a message to say, look, we, we are here. Um, and then they just need to find that top eight team and just get it done. So the Warriors, f- phenomenal at the moment. I think everyone, this is the team of the year for mine. Uh, 26 points, still one by to go as well, plus yes. 110. Phenomenal thing. The Warriors team is that far ahead in the um, differential <laughs> area. Their run home is probably, for mine, the easiest out of the top eight. Um, So this is going to help their case as well in a top four charge. They've got the Raiders this weekend at home, the Titans away, but they get a mountain of support on the Gold Coast. So that could be even with the run that they've got got at the moment, that could be a a home ground type atmosphere. Hmm. The West Tigers at Hamilton, so that's technically could be a home game for them. Then they've got uh, Manly at home, Dragons at home, Dolphins at Suncorp, again, they got phenomenal support up here in Queensland yeah. and then they've got the bite after their um, game on the weekend as well. So that's a good draw and I feel like I can see and in my prediction I've got the Warriors in the top four.
1: Amazing that we're saying that. I do a weekly radio um, uh, interview with, uh, with a couple of loose units on the platform in New Zealand. And I predicted the Warriors for the eight at the start of the year. A little bit of that was on belief of their playing roster. A little bit was because it was on New Zealand radio and I didn't want to be the bad guy. Um The history has shown us when they've got a certain type of player recruited into the footy side, that they go well. And it used to be Kevin Campion. Then it was, you know, it was Brent Tate, Um Stephen Price, Mitch Barnett is the guy. Now, hasn't played a whole lot of footy this year, um, is playing well, but probably he's probably not playing career best footy. But, I mean, I'm not having a crack at him, going really well. But guys like that put the wind up you at training. And what you do on the training paddock, you replicate on the playing field. If you're lazy training, even the little things, if you're lazy training, you become lazy on the field. And guys like Mitch Barnett, guys like Dylan Walker, and Dylan Walker's one of the rugby league bad boys. He's had more chances than anyone. On the training field, absolute professional, absolute professional. I'm delighted for the Warriors. I reckon all Aussies are. And I would prefer, actually, the Warriors to finish fifth or sixth so we can reward New Zealand with a home semi-final in week one. I reckon that would be off the charts. Hopefully it doesn't rain, but likelihood is it will. Um, but uh, the story of the year, the coach of the year, the team of the year, the feel-good story of the year, um, and, and it's going to continue into September, which is which is terrific.
0: You name all those accolades that they might have come in their way. I want to also add to that they could have the Dallium M winner on their um, books as well which is Sean Johnson which for mine again we spoke about Jayla Cherry Evans I feel like in a way this is his best year to date um, we know he's flashy brilliance how good he is at that we know he's moved past that and I think this is the year he's finally realized that as well that he doesn't have yeah. what he used to have in terms of that side of his game but he's just been on top of everything since the start of this year and He's like that orchestra, uh, the orchestrator for um, in a band, and he's just got everyone going exactly where they need to be. It's just been phenomenal to watch Sean Johnson's um, year today, and I can see, as I said, I can see that Dalian medal looking more and more likely to, to go on Johnson's neck the way he's going.
1: At the start of the year, and again, I'll I'll be honest. At the start of the year, I said I got no idea what the Warriors are doing, and I don't see him finishing out the season. I've I thought he was done. Uh, It's been mentioned of Sean that he's a selfish player in the past, that he did things for himself and he did the glitz and the glamoury things and it looks a million dollars on a highlight reel, but it's not necessarily what the team does. What Sean Johnson is doing this year is what the team needs. Um, He is kicking to the right spot. He's not kicking, you know, for an immediate result. He's kicking for pressure. His kick chase, his cover defense, he's doing real team things. It, it is almost like someone has grabbed him and said, okay, you were the boy superstar, but you're no longer a boy. And I don't know if you're a superstar. So let's take all your positives and try and try and find something a little different. What we need from you is what's best for the team. And it has fitted perfectly. Terrific story. He is the pinup boy over there, make no mistake about it. And when the Warriors are going good and Sean Johnson is playing well, the crowds come. So good on you to, to Sean, good on the Warriors, and they will be there, I've got no doubt.
0: Yeah. Now, I asked you for about 40, 45 minutes. So I promise to get through the last four teams quite quickly for you so I can let you go. Um, the Raiders are fourth, uh, 28 points. They've had all their buys now. The, worry, the the worrying thing at the moment with the how close this is gonna look at towards yeah. the end of the year. They got minus fifty-five points differential, which is crazy to think. They have been that's, smashed that's, a few times. Yep. But,
1: they're two they're two points behind the premiership leaders, which is ridiculous when you think of how they started and the pressure on the club at the start of the year. Um Tough one against the Warriors, but I think if anyone's going to challenge a Warriors side, it is the Canberra Raiders. I think they play that uh, at times conservative, that brutal game. I think the Raiders will be up for it. They're they're coming off the bye as well. Not a bad draw. Um, They sort of go week on, week off in terms of who they're playing. Um, Congratulations to Ricky and the team because, again, they've had – you know, their share of injuries. Josh Papalee out for the back end of the season. Uh, Jack Whiten announced a couple of months ago that he was leaving the club. That could have turned to shit really, really yeah. quickly. It hasn't. Um, you know, there, no Xavier Savage as well. Um, they lost Danny Levi, who was their starting hooker in, in the early rounds. So they've had huge shake-ups, but uh, they've been able to keep on track and uh, and good on them. There go, the green machine.
0: Yeah, well, I think the definition of under the radar at the moment, I think Ricky Stewart will be loving every aspect of that. And just for the, the podcast listeners quickly, so this weekend, they've got the Warriors at, uh, away, then they've got the Knights at home, the Tigers at home, so a good little yep. patch there for them, the Storm away, the Bulldogs at home, the Broncos at home, the Sharks away to finish it. So as you said, they've sort of got that on-off, on-off. So we'll see how they go. It is a – are some hard teams in there, but they, all the top eight does, so it's going to be interesting each week what each team does. Third, we've got the you
1: Storm, know, 28 points. Know, before we get into the Storm, and depending on how it works, because none of us are tipping eight from eight every week, the five clubs, the six clubs, six clubs we've just mentioned, one of them's going to miss out. Because oh, I think we all agree the Panthers, the Broncos, and the Storm are gonna be locks. But in all honesty, I wouldn't be surprised which of these those six clubs, from the Raiders down to the Cowboys, misses out. And it only takes a bad fortnight. Anyway, let's go, let's go into the top three.
0: Yeah, and we mentioned at the start of it um about the whole origin come down factor as well. So we'll see what teams get impacted by that. The top three uh that we all uh, we both agree that they'll be in the the finals footy as well yeah. melbourne storm 28 points have had their buys plus 79 so the way they're going that is a little bit lower than i expected to see when i yeah. first looked at the storm so i think that's and i think bellamy we've seen throughout the year this year he has been frustrated at times i think that hmm. could be one of the reasons why obviously ryan Papenhausen has been their big out um it's been yeah. Crazy to see how good they can still go with some of these quality mm-hmm. plays that they've had out for uh, a period of time. He looks close to getting back, but I don't think – I'll be surprised if he makes an impact this year at all. I think he might play some Queensland Cup games and get some confidence back in the mm-hmm. knee, but it's a big risk to get him back this late in, a, in the season. Their mm-hmm. run home is the Knights away, the Eels at home, which could be at one of those crucial games in the run home. The yep. Panthers – at home as well. Uh, Panthers away. Sorry, that's a massive game. Hmm. Raiders at home. The Dragons away. The Titans at home, and then the Broncos away as well. So that's a hard. That is a hard draw. Um, we're going to see what the storm are made of.
1: What about that final round Broncos storm on hmm. Thursday night to to finish the round? That is an absolute beauty. Uh, more low scoring games. Than any other side so far this year, the Melbourne Storm, which is going to present a long way to to why they're for and against, isn't uh, isn't as impressive. They've done their thing, and they've done their thing like they have for twenty years. To be honest, uh, I watched them, and I know the Roosters weren't great on Saturday night but I was watching certain things they were doing without individuals shining, and I'm talking about Cameron Munster in particular, and Nelson, who has been good but not great. I think they're your two impact guys. If Nelson and Cameron Munster um, start to shine over the next two months, look out, because I I think the Storm are in in this right up, you know, right up to their necks. I think they're a, a big chance of... Of not only being there on the on the last day, but uh, but winning the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that one. It's a scary thought. I don't think they've even reached their best football this year. But the fact that they're sitting third and yep. one win off off the top just shows the storm by nature. That's just what they are. That's the club that they are, and it's a scary, scary thought to know that the best is in front of them. The Broncos. <laughs> everything seems to be going right for this club uh, this year. That. Fade out hasn't occurred yet, uh, so they still have a number of weeks to go, but they look a totally different team. Um, so they're 30 points, equal first, two by, so they do have one by to go. Yep. Um, that's an advantage on the Pan- uh, Penrith Panthers that have, plus 115, so it's a little bit less than the Panthers, but um, yep. they'll just want to keep winning at the moment. Uh, they do get some of their big guns back this week in Carrigan, Haas, and Walsh, so that'll be massive for them. Uh, as well. They run home. They've got the South Sydney Rabbitohs this week, which we've already said is a huge game. Um, The Roosters at home, the Cowboys away, the Eels at home, which again, another mouth-watering clash. The Raiders with the way the Raiders are going, that could be a massive game. That's away. The Storm, as we've said um, last round as well, and there's a buy in there as well. But um, the Broncos just chipping away and they're just getting, getting it done when it, last year, they probably would have lost, like last week's game, they would have lost that. But this year, they're a different footy team.
1: Keep in mind, uh, it is only the last game that's at Suncorp Stadium because of the, the, the World Cup. So we've got a uh, couple of games at the Gabba and then Sunshine Coast Stadium this weekend. I think this is a tough enough draw to suggest, even though they're on 30 points and even though they're in second position, they're going to be clawing to hold on to a spot in the top four. I, I don't think it's a lock at this stage, um, but I'm looking at who's below them and and how they're travelling. We could end up Panthers, Storm, Raiders, Warriors as the top four really, really easily. Again, it only takes a fortnight, doesn't it? But uh, the Broncos, they'll, they'll be there somewhere. They're... Uh, they'll qualify for the finals, no doubt. I'm not sure in the top four for me.
0: Yeah, they do get as well. Corey Oates and Jordan Ricky will be back later on, around that round 25, 26 mark it looks like at the moment. So that'll be, Ricky's been really good this year. So good to have him back as well. The Penrith Panthers, it's just a machine that keeps going. The juggernaut that just keeps going, it it's crazy. 30 points, first place. have had their three buys plus 203. So we've been helping on this all episode, but that's phenomenal. That shows where yeah. they are as a team, and they're just getting it done. They've been missing Talon May all year to the knee injury, but it just hasn't impacted them at all. The, the players have stood up and... Cleary back this week as well, They've he's had his little rest, he's fit and firing for yeah. the run home, which is scary to think. And they've got Cogger there, he's just got some miles in his legs now if they ever need him again for for the run home. This weekend they've got the dogs at home, the sharks at home, then the storm at home, manly away, titans away, eels at home, cowboys at home. So the thing with this draw I looked at, I noticed they've got some harder games in there, but the, Benefit for them and the advantage is they're all at home. Any of these hard teams they do verse, so we know how hard they are to beat at home. Uh, it, they go even to that extra level, which is crazy to think. But this Penrith Panthers team, it's so hard to see them not winning the comp this year, which pains me to say because it's it's hard as a para fan, but you just got to respect what they're doing. It's it's just so good to watch,
1: yeah, it is. And um, it really is that next man up mentality. And we see it with Matt Eisenhuth comes in and plays very similar to the game to Isaiah Yohan required. Jack Cogger has done his best Nathan Cleary impersonation. Um, they all do it so, so well. And that's credit to the players, but probably more so the coaching staff, that next man up mentality. Don't forget the final round is the round against the Cowboys, and that's where the Panthers New South Wales Cup team plays. Remember last year they, they rested 14 or 15 players. <laughs> Uh, they for me, they're the minor premiers. They deserve to be the minor premiers. They're the benchmark. Um, you don't have to love them to respect them, but uh, certainly respect them. They've, uh, you know, that, that's back-to-back premierships and, and, you know, the team to beat for the best part of three and a half, four seasons. Uh, they'll be there and all things being equal, they're there on grand final day.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Just a quick one for the Panthers. I just want to know your thoughts on Jerome Law. Uh, I know it's been a, an interesting year for him, both on and off the field. Um, he's yeah. got his haters, he's got his doubters, he's got his fans. Where are you at with Law With just his, it's just one of those things for mine. It's just so mm-hmm. frustrating to watch him at times. With he, can, we've seen it on the weekend, He's footwork and that is phenomenal. He's such a good ball runner. He just knows how to rub people up the wrong way, doesn't
1: he? Yeah. And, and rugby league and professional sport are littered with, you know, guys like that in history that for whatever reason they're, they're painted as the bad guy and um and then they give you reason to, to call them the bad guy. The Jerome Luai I first met was a flag player uh, breaking into under-20s middle of last decade he was polite he was engaging he was respectful he was energetic he had a smile he was always looking around for someone else I think at the core is a really really good person whether success has got to him whether you know, I've seen it reported, and I've seen it on social media the gangster image. Well, he's he's not a gangster. None of them are. But um, whether he wants to portray that, deep down, there is a really good young dude here, uh, and a, and a real family man. But he's he's screwed up too many times, or he's he's polarized too many times. There, there's there's a couple of things about Jerome that that if he could change, I'm quite sure he would. The best thing he could do now is, um, you know, just have a think about it and, and uh, think about the legacy you want to you, you want to leave and, and how you want to be remembered as a player. And you know, I, I say the same things for guys like Joseph Swahili, Um came from Union to League because of a better deal as a teenager. Swapped from the uh, the Rabbitohs to the Roosters for a better deal as a teenager, has changed from rugby league back uh, rugby league back to rugby union for a better deal. And whilst he, he might, you know, him and the family might make a ton of money over the next couple of years, what you what you're doing is you're chipping away at the overall perception of the guy and how you'll be remembered. Uh, a lot of the good ones, and and I'll off couple of examples off the top of my head: Darren Lockyer, Billy Slater. I don't know why I just thought of those two. Nathan Hindmarsh is another. One club guys who were all elite at what they did, but were seen as guys that would do anything for the badge, yeah. uh, whether it's the Broncos badge, whether it's the Blues badge. And those are the guys that are getting more out of the game now and more respect out of the game. And I think some of the younger ones in the game at the moment, they've got the short-term view about let's make money now, let's make decisions now, let's get sponsors on board now. It's all about 10 years' time and and how you're seen. That's just – they are comments from an old fart, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs)
0: a very good old fart at that. He knows a lot and he's been around the game for a while now. So take that in, listen to it, and, and take that uh, into the uh, back with you. So la- last one, I just want to ask you a fan question. I'm going to ask you more. We've been way too long now of your time. So just a quick funny one to, to end this with. I'm going to say the first part of this question, but if you could have one NRL player's hairdo, which one is it? Oh.
1: It'd have to be done, and, and
0: I'll dob in, in whoever said this at all. It's you, you know, and Troy from the Parakeet podcast, has uh-huh. asked this one, so yeah, he wants to have a little dig.
1: I, yeah, poor, poor Troy. I think, uh, I think I'd go with Dallin with Tony Zalesniak at the moment. The mad soul glow that, oh, it is just bloody glorious. And he's he can do what he wants with his hair because he's playing brilliant footy, but I think Dallin, yeah, he's he's almost back to my man crush.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. phenomenal. It just floats in the wind when he's running as well. It, it looks phenomenal. I think everyone is jealous of that. But Andy, as I said, we've had way too much of your time. I'm embarrassed to buy it, but you're such a good bloke that you just went on with it and hit took a hit up for us and kept going. So, again, everyone, please check out Unfiltered Podcast if you haven't already. Uh, Andy's channel and please listen to him on Triple M when he calls. Fantastic calls, always says it how it is, and. Love uh, the interviews. They're phenomenal. So, Andy, thank you for coming on. Enjoy the Enjoy your week and please keep off that hammy.
1: I will stay off the hammy. I'll stay off the beers and I'll be cheering those mighty Parramatta all the way (laughs) for maybe ninth.
0: (sighs) Let's end it on there. That's a very sombre move. But just quickly, who's in the grand final for you?
1: Uh, Panthers versus Storm Storm Premiers.